This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by the Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. Lab reports are a key tool not only for professionals who specialize in medical genetics and genomics, but also for general clinicians and even patients and family members. As part of her doctoral research in public health genetics at the University of Washington, Shuk Maknoon was reading patient medical records and lab reports. And as I was looking at them, having never looked at laboratory reports myself, I just noticed how difficult they were to read. And if me, with at least some genetics background, had so much trouble reading them, I just wondered what other people would be experiencing. And so that that's what inspired the study. She was the lead researcher on a study published in the journal Genetics and Medicine that evaluated lab reports. For the study, they chose to focus on panels for heritable cancers. The panel had to include two or more genes, and the researchers needed two sample reports, at least one with a variant of uncertain significance, or VUS, and one report that had a VUS as well as a pathogenic or likely pathogenic result. They included the results from 16 labs. So I think the most striking result that I find from this study is a figure that I came up with. It just tells you whether or not that particular section recommended by ACMG was present in the lab report. And if it was present, uh, was it easily visually identifiable? Was it prominent or was it not prominent? And I think ideally all the labs would have all the sections and they would all be equally prominent. But that is not the case. As Maknun points out, the ACMG does have specific guidelines for how lab reports should be generated, including details about how to interpret a given variant and which information should be given more or less emphasis. But there aren't any solid guidelines telling them this is how you should present the information once the variant has been classified. The ACMG report that we use as a basis for our study here has a supplementary report. And that report is a very good um, starting point that is suggested that people should be using uh, to design their lab reports. But that does not happen as yet. The team of researchers found, for instance, that the labs did not necessarily include all the sections recommended by the ACMG, and there was a great deal of variation in how they presented those sections. One prominent example was the treatment of VUSs. So VUSs in general uh, seemed to be um, something that the labs didn't agree on how to present. So some would emphasize it. For example, it would be um, on the first page, just next to the pathogenic variant, or um, it, it would be clearly identified. So you can just take a glance at the lab report and you'd clearly know that there is a VUS. Other lab reports de-emphasized the VUS quite a bit. So for example, you would have to go, the pathogenic variant would be on the first page and the VUS would be on the fifth page. And that is a difference in decision between labs that, that is seriously problematic. There are further differences in how labs handle VUSs. So some labs will just mention that there is a VUS. If you want to know more, please call us. And that's all to say, whereas other labs will spend two, two to three pages describing the VUS and what this means and what, uh, how we got to the answer that this is a VUS. So I think it's just so much difference. I don't think labs have a consensus about how to handle VUSs in their reports. And she says there are implications for patient care. So the other troubling thing is that uh, the recommendation about how to use a VUS for clinical care is very well understood, I think. Everybody uh, recognizes that VUSs should not be used for medical recommendations. But not all lab reports will say that very clearly. And lab reports will sometimes say that, and other times not say that. Sometimes they will say that, yes, you are eligible for a reclassification study and you should do it. 
Um, whereas for the same VUS from a different lab report, that might not be the case. And we understand why those differences might exist. Um, but I think, again, we need to be consistent in how we report recommendations for VUSs. VUSs should not be used to test family members, for example. And that is a clear recommendation that I think all lab reports could easily uh, mention on their reports, but doesn't happen that way. She says while no labs actually recommend family members get tested, some labs say clearly they do not recommend predictive testing, while others don't say anything at all, which could leave non-specialists confused as to how to handle this information. Maknon says there are also differences in form that can affect patient care. So one thing that was particular interest to me uh, was how labs mention their recommendations. So for example, some labs will say recommendation, point A, B, C, and D. Uh, others will say notes. So I think the word note is a very casual word that if a patient were to read a report, a note wouldn't be taken as seriously as a recommendation. And I think we need to be clear about what, what we are recommending to patients. In general, she says that based on this study, there's a great deal of room for improvement in format and clarity of the reports overall. She interviewed patients as part of a different ongoing study. If the laboratory reports were written in a language that is more readable by most people, it would help so much. So in my interviews, I talked to patients um, for my studies, and they mentioned this all the time, that the laboratory reports were so difficult to read and they didn't find anything useful, even though there is so much useful information in them. It's just presenting it in a way that the patients can understand, I think. Maknoon hopes that this study will help draw attention to the need for standardization. Hopefully, this will prompt a discussion about standardization, that how important report standardization is for even shared decision-making in, in clinical care. Um, so that, I hope, is the biggest impact that comes out of this paper. She says further research should be done on how these differences in lab reports affect clinical care and what changes can be made that will have the most impact. Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by the Nature Publishing Group. I'm Cynthia Graber. <laughs>